Welcome, listeners of Real Rap and enjoyers of SplitToothMedia.com. You're listening to another episode of your second favorite podcast, hosted by Shane P. and... Hey, Betty. Today we're covering 2001's very... I gotta stop saying that. We're, today we're covering Frailty, <laughs> uh, mo- first directorial effort by Bill Paxton, the humble astronaut. So to go check out... Uh, more of our episodes on soundcloud.com slash real rap and please check out our patreon at patreon.com slash real rap where you can hear more episodes of real rap and get a free ticket into heaven that's right a roman catholic indulgence as as uh what was it what is it certified bennett what is it uh authorized Given the big old uh, thumbprint ordained. ordained by the Vatican. So the Vatican has uh, moved forward on this. We did a big merger with the Vatican, and uh, we're at the $20 level of our Patreon. You'll be getting into heaven free. Uh, anyway, enjoy this episode of Real Rap, and drop us a line. Um, please leave us a voicemail if you would, if you got comments, concerns, or threats. Please leave them at 410-694-7228. Bye bye. <laughs> it's um <laughs> right off the bat it's crazy to me watching and, and it's true of a lot of movies from the kind of like early aughts late 90s um how many opening credit sequences really are the sort of thing that you or I could create right now in iMovie in like <laughs> 15 minutes? Uh-huh. This movie seemed like it was edited by a high schooler. Uh-huh. And there's so many like fade cuts to like denote, I guess, just like a, it being taking place in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, And they ended up getting really hokey by the end. But... Anyway, we're talking about um, the third most important event in 2001, Frailty by Bill Paxton. He's, yes. He directed it. It's written by um, uh, Richard Simmons. No, it's written by Brent Hanley. Oh. He, it seems like this was kind of his, uh, his baby. He didn't do much other work besides a short called Day 73 with Sarah. And the uh, the late Bill Paxton never directed another film, correct? Oh, really? Uh, was this uh, his only see. directorial uh, effort? We've got, uh, thankfully, we've got IMDb and Wikipedia, the only two resources. It's actually, people don't know that there are a few kind of ground rules we established in episode one of this podcast. Go back and listen to the Grinch episode. We only use IMDb and Wikipedia. Shane and I never Those read Those are the sources. Shane and I never read reviews. We never read reviews no. from any critics other than Roger Ebert uh-huh. and... Uh, yeah. yeah. So I guess it's three. He's our guy. We that's as far as I'm concerned IMDb is a primary source. It'll be used as the sort of Ros- Rosetta Stone to Hollywood as far as I'm concerned by anybody that's anyone in the industry. Oh, sorry. He directed one more movie called The Greatest Game Ever Played. Um That sorry, was the golf move. movie <laughs> in 2005, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess eventually we'll have to watch The Greatest Game Ever Played. Maybe for the Patreon we'll watch this Shia LaBeouf uh golf movie. Yeah. Um yeah, it does translate to Shia Shia the Beef. Um which kind of uh you know, it's a it's a it's kind of a 
it's fun to poke fun at these kind of guys that are a little bit self-serious. It's not, you know, I don't mean any harm by it. I definitely think that Shia LaBeouf is kind of pushing some new boundaries with his uh, with his new work where he um, tries to scale the uh, Empire State Building in a, mm. in a Nike tracksuit. <laughs> really excited about that. Uh, the cheese stands alone, more like the beef stands alone, and collects that Oscar <laughs> gold. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much. Um, there were a lot of beef esque names in the opening credits for this movie. You sent me the oh my one. Gosh. Like, oh my gosh! It was like horse, <laughs> horse and McKinty. <laughs> There's All like a name, the Vincent Chase. I don't know if it was like they ca- everyone cast in this is some like. Uh, this person from like northern uh, Louisiana or something, but mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's name is very weird. Well, this is just, a Texas uh, movie. Tom Huckabee, Mario O'Hoven, hmm. Powers Booth. I mean, I guess Powers, Powers Booth, Booth is like second build. <laughs> you really you're, you're setting the board high. Yeah, Vincent Chase plays a guy named Edward March. I wonder if this is the. I wonder if this guy was the uh, the inspiration for um, Adrian. Grenier's character in Entourage. Speaking, of course, about uh, the theme of this movie, Frailty, which focuses on a family of three. Father of two, Bill Paxton, is the man of the house, the man of the shotgun shack. His kids are a two babies, two little boys, um, and one of them is supposed to be a young Matthew McConaughey, and all of this is told from the perspective of Matthew McConaughey recalling his past. So we frequently mm-hmm. get shots of the current time and then fade to the past where all this all this chaos, mayhem, and um, frankly, devilish behavior. Ooh, even a little bit of movie magic. <laughs> I'll I now you know I'm kind of here I'm a big fan of the silver screen when I came into this I was expecting some type of sob story some type of crap you know (laughs) Um, Matthew McConaughey with eyeliner on the cover Mm -hmm. very strange Um, but I was very very pleasantly surprised I don't think I've ever felt closer to like a mainstream Hollywood release. Um, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah. And I, I, I have to imagine it didn't make very much money. Now I know this is the sort of thing. If I was at all professional, I would have looked up ahead of time, or, like, <laughs> box office mojo, but I didn't, but I have to imagine we were saying before we got our mic, a title like frailty, first of all, is like an ain't them body saints type title. No one ever right. says it. It's really, it's just sort of, it's like the title that you would give like a collection of short stories. Um, and it's a right. really grim movie. <laughs> it's only toward the end that I think we get a lot of like really kind of over the top scoring, um, you know, when, when, when the music cues get really dramatic that it becomes, um, I don't know, at all the, the sort of movie you expect to make a lot of money. It's otherwise kind of a, a very grim um, sort of, uh, I don't know, kind of interesting movie. Yeah, I thought um, the way it's set up, I was expecting it to be this kind of murder mystery, and they kind of lead you to believe that. And then it gets into just this weird family dynamic where the dad is obviously out of his mind. Well, we'll see who's out of their minds by the end of this. But um, the dad wakes up out of a dream and says, 
kids wake up and his kids are like eight and 12 and yeah i guess yeah maybe like seven and 12 uh he wakes them up out of their sweet sweet slumber and he's like okay show's over uh god spoke to me in a dream there are angels on this planet that are fighting a war with with demons on this planet and I have a list of names of these demons and basically I have to go I have to be given three tools that will be passed to me by the angels and then they're going to give me seven names and then I'm going to eliminate is the word he uses he never kills anyone he just eliminates demons destroys um, I think it is right something like that uh and he uh so then Basically, the film continues, and he finds these murder weapons. One of the like, he finds an axe, and basically, we're hearing the story from the perspective of the older son, who's very skeptical of all of this, and he's like, "There's no fucking way. My dad's fucking nuts. We gotta mm-hmm. get away from him." And the dad is like, "No, son. Like, you, you're, you're being swayed by the devil." this is this is what has to happen we have to eliminate these demons so because it's going to be judgment day if if we don't uh yeah so she said like we're, we're being told the story from matthew mcconaughey who's talking to powers booth who is an fbi investigator who's tracking down this serial killer called like the god's hand killer matthew mcconaughey who who's looking kind of grim in this movie looking very like sweaty and he's got like a shitty little mustache he looks like caleb landry jones in this movie um it's amazing that matthew mcconaughey would end up becoming matthew mcconaughey um he's Mm -hmm. telling this story um saying yeah he's he's the older son and he says that his younger brother is the serial killer that this guy's been looking for and that he's just killed himself there's a new case of murders and they're basically trying to figure out who this killer is so the kids are old now in the future and like the the brother seems to be like carrying on his dad's legacy by killing all these quote demons um the scene when bill paxton like wakes them up in the middle of the night and like tells them the story is fucking terrifying very oh scary. my god yeah and they they wake up the next day and just like met the, the the older kid is assuming like okay i guess it was like a dream we're just like pretending this didn't happen and uh-huh. you get like five minutes of them just like going about their day like going to school thinking like okay maybe that i just i just made that up that didn't happen sure and then yeah. as they're walking into school, he yells in the car like, oh, yeah, and uh, don't, tell any, don't tell anybody about what we talked about last night. <laughs> Hide the demons. Don't don't tell anyone about the demons I told you about. Yeah, yeah just the uh, most psychotic thing to ever happen in your life. Your dad waking up and being like, oh, there's a war being waged between heaven and hell on this planet. And I just talked to God, yeah. And um, so, and then we get like a we get a sequence that goes on for quite a while. Like, like nothing else has happened. Like Bill Paxton hasn't brought it up again. And mm-hmm. the Matthew McConaughey kid is just convincing himself that he's still dreaming that this is still like. So he's just like he's like falling asleep in class. He's like falling yeah, yeah. asleep even when his dad is having this like bug nuts conversation with him. <laughs> I liked um, the 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 um <laughs> the sequences of, of of the family at the dinner table. I what so what really makes this effective, honestly, is we get five minutes of them characterizing their like family relationship before things start to go wrong, and it just seems uh-huh. like they're just really like palling around. It's a great like 
hey son it's 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 really like bender's evocation of what brian's home life must be like in the breakfast club it's really like you know not that that not that they've got a boat to go on a fishing trip on but it's a very like you can do it on the boat oh my god you know the the dad's drinking hams we're drinking spiked flavor aid it's just uh you know another night they, the, the, it starts out and the, the younger kid is like eating a bunch of peas and they're eating around the table. And he's like, now, son, uh, you don't want to eat too many peas so you turn into one. And the son's uh, like, I love my peas, dad. <laughs> and, they're, well, and they're walking home and they're singing like, I've got the joy, 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 joy. They're literally like, <laughs> oh, my God. They're yeah. Rod and Todd Flanders at the beginning. It really is like the Flanders. So wholesome. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm a single dad, but we're making it work. And yeah, I, I, I think that the 10 minutes of like characterization of like the happy household we get makes the uh, ultimate, the, the, the depravity and like wildness that we go to all that more, you know. <laughs> it's it's, imp- it's it, it, The movie could afford to be I think 10, 15 minutes shorter because I think this premise really and like all the twists and stuff. Yeah. Not that, not that there's anything in in particular that I think deserves to be cut, but this movie does feel to me just like a long episode of like the twilight zone or like a horror, right. like TV yeah. series, like all of the twists and stuff we end up getting is very like, Ooh, we'll be right Vi- back. You know? Visually. It very much reminded me of that old show factor fiction. Um, do you remember that? No. Is it the one with Jonathan Frakes? Yes. Jonathan Frakes is the host of like this fantasy show where it's uh-huh. literally all ghost stories and then he just decides which ones are based on true stories and which ones are not. And it's like filmed kind of like a lifetime show. It's like a soap opera. But um the main the main conceit of like, oh, are you like are you watching a true story be retold or an old sh- old wives tale? And, uh, there's a great compilation of him saying uh it's false it's invented by a writer <laughs> total bullshit total crap it's a figment but anyway this show this sh- this movie reminded me so much of the stories from that show um just because of the soap opera glow everything had mm-hmm. i think that was an effort to like make it look like it was in the past but i kind of agree if they could have found a way to like have the twist be in the just kind of storyline that most of the movie takes place in and not have these like cut backs to the fbi office because all this is being told from like an fbi office of like an fbi investigator like trying to figure out the murders he's got matthew mcconaughey eventually he's got him like handcuffed in the back seat and they're driving to where the bodies are buried basically of this uh serial killer and i think also the people that bill paxton's character is supposed to have killed because i don't from what we from what we, I don't think we're to understand that he was ever suspected of any murders. Well, I mean, obviously we find out that he never was, but you know, I, so yeah. I think Matthew McConaughey is taking him to everybody that Bill Paxton killed and everybody that his brother Adam killed. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think about when the visions get very literal? When we see like an actual angel with like a flaming sword when he's at work under the car? Oh my I god! Didn't really like that. I fuck really. I I well okay. <laughs> This is where I'm at with the visions. The first one with the trophy, I was like, perfect. Uh-huh, it's cool. just like, you're not shown too much. It's just like kind of a brightness, and you can kind of infer that he's having this really intense experience. I really loved that as like, a, instead of showing, I thought when he touches the bodies and then like the whole camera shakes, it was a little too like POV, make you feel something. Whereas like just showing a like a godly hallucination just be like a 
slightly bright light was really effective, but honestly, like when that fucking St. Michael, the archangel came just like floating down, it was like a cardboard cutout of the archangel. (laughs) I was really sold when the car Uh turned into a cathedral. I just thought that was so like white voodoo Christianity, which is kind of the like, this is like what other cultures of like non-white people look at white people and they're like, this is your weird white religious thing that like no one <laughs> fucking mm. understands. Um, yeah, I, I this movie really does posit too that God exists, that these like visions are like for real. And yeah. that, like all of these people he's killing are um are Our demons. you know like murderers themselves. Yeah. And he's Which, gotten like, their names from God. Yeah. I mean it I feel like Maybe it could have been more subtle, like that the demons were, there weren't just like straight up murderers and rapists. Like they were like, I don't know. There was some kind of sub level of evil that was going on that wouldn't be as obvious to like a regular human or something. More more of like a saw trap sort of a thing where he just like kind of like objects to like what they're doing on some sort of more uh, I don't know, less <laughs> extreme like, moral grounds, you know? Yeah. Like saw, like, it's like, I don't know, he, he fucks with like, I don't know people who eat too much and shit <laughs> well yeah like, yeah like people who are more of, a, more of a seven type situation uh-huh i really appreciated the kind of mythical quality and the like saga of him finding the weapons him getting a list of things like i really like that this it kind of reminds me of Coraline in that there are like steps to this kind of story and we get specific scenes of like it building getting the tools to solve this story going through each murder as if it's like like a a step in this larger plan um i just appreciated that it kind of felt like a, a a sort of biblical type of thing where it's like and he was given the three weapons the lead pipe to kill the demons with and uh everything was very dramatized i really did like that the style of this movie matched the subject matter of making it sort of all very biblical and life or death. Mm -hmm. So we talked about in the Night of the Hunter episode how one thing that really captured is how scary it is oftentimes to be a kid and how it's something that they often play on in horror films is that even if the kid kid comes forward with... uh, yeah, so my new stepdad is this murderous preacher, and uh, you know our mom's under the water. Like, no one's gonna believe me. <laughs> now, now, see here, and they're gonna toss my hair, and that that happens exactly uh-huh. to Matthew McConaughey's uh-huh. character in this movie. He goes and tells no, I gotta like, show ya. Come on, <laughs> and he's like pissed. He's not only like condescendingly like now, now, see here, sport. Yeah. He's like you, you, you fucking your rat. Your father's name through the muck. Through the muck. Listen, <laughs> you little so rat. He's so pissed. He's like, I'll spank him myself. Yeah, Mr. Paxton. It's yeah. very like um, you know, like when the when the small uh, whites only town turns on you and uh, and supports like abuse of um, of children. Because, uh, you know, dad, I, I found myself thinking a lot about like, shit, like if you're in trouble and you're getting abused, like you have no options. Um, yeah, I think the, no I think the movie does a really good like slow build of the kids just coming. The, the kid, the kids, especially Matthew McConaughey's character or his, you know, uh, his kid surrogate uh, slowly becoming aware of just how crazy things are getting. And we, we should mention that the other brother who he thinks is uh, continuing his dad's uh legacy so to speak is buying into it and is saying that he's seeing the demons as well when um bill paxton is killing uh 
these people he's kidnapped yeah they're watching davy and goliath at one point which i thought was interesting that he's indoctrinated oh, really? through television are you familiar with davy and goliath it's, no I think the same people who did gumby oh no what is that it was like a it's like a claymation boy and his dog and they would tell like sort of biblical it, it was so, like subtly it was more subtly religious than veggie tales because they weren't like acting out like parables and stuff but it was had a very flandersy and like now you'll see here, Davy. You've learned God's grace and His wrath. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I think similar to um, Night of the Hunter. I feel like this was written with such like God fearing kind of heaven and hell. Like this this guy only wrote this movie, or like it was his only successful one, and it really feels like it was his like passion project. And I think Bill Paxton was also like, "Fuck yeah, I live this too." Um, mm-hmm. and it made each stylistic choice. I think like having the, uh, having the, having Fenton and I couldn't figure out his name if it was Finn or Fenton. Cause everyone pronounces it like a Texan, which is like E's or I's. No, Fenton. Finn. Um, but, uh, F- Fenton is, uh, digging a huge hole in the yard and he's got like a towel over his head and it just kind of looks like he's like Moses or something in the desert. It just, it feels like everyone on set was like they all got around and prayed like a basketball team before each set. You could see Mel Gibson making this film, and you can definitely oh, yeah. see him playing the Bill Paxton role. I think Bill Paxton's very good, but I do think Mel Gibson would have taken this to another. Oh, an, level I mean, of his performance. This is Mel Gibson has lived this. This oh, hundred percent. Mel Gibson is. Mel Gibson has through his life been all three of these main characters. Uh-huh. He's been both of these kids, and he's certainly been Bill Paxton. I mean, he's been Bill Paxton for us, the people who consume his film. There would be, but for him, not, there not would... to drag the fine name of Mel Gibson <laughs> through the mud. But. There would be no for if Mel Gibson made this, there would be no outside perspective. Mm-hmm. It would just be like there... <laughs> the one kid and the dad, and the kid believed it. Uh-huh. There would be no Powers Booth framing device. Honestly, we would just be watching like. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is the power of Mel Gibson. He doesn't have to see things through a frame. He is a direct conduit to like the word of God, Mm -hmm. or the devil. Mm -hmm. Well, probably both, right? He he is the one person who's truly got like a little little devil. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like they're both ass naked. (laughs) (laughs) He locks Fenton under uh, in the in this like murdered storm cellar that they've built for Uh I guess like over two weeks. I. Okay, so one kind of cheesy effect that also reminds me of the the floating heads from Night of Hunter, although it's really more like Jimmy Stewart's floating head in Vertigo, when he's been locked in that murder basement for two weeks and he starts to hallucinate. And there's oh, like, yeah, and his, his head, head floats. Is, like, floating. I thought it was a lot like House Sue, and I, you know I hate mm. saying it like that, but there's that shot of the floating head in that. It looks exactly like that. I'll make that the uh, art for the show. Um, he doesn't lose any weight or get any dirtier when no, he's yeah. for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's just same old normal kid, and he's like, yeah, I saw God. Um, but he doesn't comment on much on seeing God. I guess since we're actually not, there's a twist at the end that we're not actually seeing it from the from Fenton, the main kid. Oh, hey, pers- spoiler alert. Oh, what are they supposed to watch it in the middle and then yeah. unpause okay, now, it? Okay, now pause here. Pause take a break, here. Take the watch next, the entire uh, movie. Hour forty minutes. Watch Frailty now. Oh, I didn't see you come in. Welcome oh, back. we're back. It's uh, been four and a half hours. Um, I, so uh, as you now know, uh, Matthew McConaughey's not Fenton. He's Adam. He's Adam. The spooky kid. Adam, oh, I didn't good know his spooky name. Spooky kid. 
he's a good oh both the kids in this are good because they both look very scary um and they're both great act they know when they know they know how to just look scared and they know how to look around really well um well yeah the matthew mcconaughey kid or who we think is the matthew mcconaughey kid does a uh does a great job right yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we don't see who is playing him as an adult. They do a great job. He does a great job of playing, like, he's been up for, like, six days. He does yeah, a good, yeah. like, uh, Famish uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, sort of a falling asleep in, like, class, sort of, like, uh, on-edge ass sort of thing, like, in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh-huh. You know, when he uh, when he thinks it's all a nightmare still. Um, <laughs> yeah, McConaughey was at him the whole time. And as we said, God is, I guess, very real in this movie. He touches Powers Booth and sees that Powers Booth is a murderer. Yeah, the like hand of God is something that comes into play at the end, and we actually see like visions of the past, and and once we come back to the present, like Matthew McConaughey puts his hand of God on this FBI agent, like sees his past, and it's like, oh shit! Like I thought that was an awesome twist. It's kind of like at the end of a uh, at the end of fuck, what is that a uh, Carl Dreer movie uh, or Debt? When the uh, or debt, uh-huh. <laughs> when spoiler alert for our debt, uh, it's been about a hundred years since this movie came out, so I'm comfortable spoiling it. But uh, the woman comes alive at the end, and it's like, oh yeah, God's real. Like they just the director is not holding back. They're just like, yeah, check this shit out. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder. I wonder if Bill Paxton is himself a very religious person. He's gotta be. I, I mean, you, I, I, he, he at least was raised it and understands it. Because if Mel Gibson had directed this movie, I think God would have been shown in the flesh. Oh, when he yeah. says like, um, how, "Can you describe what God looks like?" and after his Colton Burpo moment, and he's sort of like, uh-huh. "Oh, you know, hard to describe." Mel Gibson would have had him say something like, "Well, you know, he's got fire. He's got blue eyes, <laughs> graying hair, and yeah. he's wearing a picnic table, picnic table ass shirt, button down ass he's, shirt. He's uh, walking out of an AA meeting with one of those uh, go- those uh, Groucho Marx masks on. He's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, he's Australian, but he's never had an accent. <laughs> I feel like Mel Gibson would have had like a a homeless guy covered in rags kind of walk by, and then you learn later, like, oh, that was God. Like when he nodded at that homeless guy. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, he would have been shown in the flesh. You ever see the show Joan of Arcadia? That was a show they always recommended no. to us in CCD. By a girl who like talks to God. Mm. I think her dad's played by Joe Montaigne, who you remember is the voice of uh, Fat Tony on The Simpsons. <laughs> you said you didn't like any of the sort of fades in from like the past to the present, and I will admit most of them are very corny. There's one that I kind of like, okay. although it's a really Bill Paxton flexing his like, I'm a director now. Hey, I'm directing here, yeah. muscle. <laughs> when it fades from the... Um, the water on the window of the uh, back window of the cop car to like the pixels, the individual kind of squares on the TV and zooms out. I think oh, it's when they're yeah, watching yeah. TV and Goliath. Uh-huh. I thought it was a nice, uh, ooh, uh, hey, chef I'm directing here. <laughs> hey, I'm directing here. I thought there was a, it was a good kind of like non auteur type thing, I guess, because Bill Paxton was acting in it. It doesn't seem like there's too many like, and this is my directorial stamp. Besides, like all the fade, I I just think the 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 actual like effect of having a fade is like, it looks kind of cheesy and cheap. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of like. F- it's supposed to fade and then turn into like a different scene, but you can very much see the cut when the fade happens. <laughs> like when the car turns into a cathedral. 
test audience had some issues with the first reveal of the bound and gagged woman at dad's feet. Quote, it was a very strange feeling to all the, to, to watch all those people walk out. Oh, people walked out of the movie because that lady was bound and gagged. Um, yeah, I noticed that he's never named Bill Paxton's character. He's just listed as dad on IMDb. That's sort of interesting. Yeah, for Ron, Ron Howard, you can't see him directing this movie. Oh, obviously. absolutely not. Um, I mean, the closest thing he made, I would say, is Ransom. Yeah. Uh, fittingly starring the picnic table. What are those Alcoholic. Table covers? What are those? Um, tablecloth. Table. Thank you. The picnic table tablecloth shirt man himself. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like Mel Gibson kind of directed Ransom. Like, there's no way he was sitting down during that. Because to show you how low class I am, I don't even know what a fucking tablecloth. Tablecloth. Never I used mean, one in my life, and I never will. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't name. I can name four movies and three actors, and those are the ones that I've seen in the past maybe three days. Um, fr- frailty. The the title reminds me. This all also reminds me of kind of Paul Schrader and just kind of like white voodoo God fearing. Um, and also the movie Affliction. It has a similar kind of title. Still haven't seen it. Oh, it's a good one. My dad. My dad loves that movie and A Simple Plan. Like, if you need to know anything uh-huh. about my dad, that like he likes like gritty, serious, uh, early two thousands movies. Late, late. And I, those are both sort of drunken, rural kind of wintertime happenings, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that ultra specific, you know, that subgenre that they had the big section of for in uh, in blockbuster behind the beads, you know, right, the drunken right. uh, rural wintertime. Drunken rural winter. That's why Fargo is like his crown jewel. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, frailty has a similar title to affliction in that it, it's like an adverb as the title and, uh, just kind of similar family, family drama with some God peppered in there, some abuse. Um, I, uh, I, I, I realized that like, it, it was strange to see that Matthew McConaughey had done the exact role that he did for, um. Uh, Detectives Wish. What's it called? Detectives Brothers. Seven Brides for Seven Detectives. Seven Brides the for show. the television series. Um, yeah, the character that he put, the, that Texan guy with the Lone Stars, um, he had been training for that for years before. He plays a good, mm-hmm. it, it, he's good at just sitting in one place and looking fucking spooked. Like he's got the Thousand Island stare. He's a good, tired actor as well, much like the kid they got to play him, and much like, um, say, like Benicio Del Toro, uh-huh. something they have in common. Just looking looking very good at playing, like, I haven't slept in, like, three days. Yeah. I'm on, like, yeah. 16 Lone Stars. And I'm also the Dark um, Prince of the Universe. And I'm also, yeah, looking directly into the devil's brown eye, and you can't stop me. <laughs> uh, I, I like that this, yeah, I really like that this movie gets it, just the, how much it would just completely fucking break your like mind entirely if you saw something remotely, like, supernatural. Oh, my God, yeah. What is, what is the word for, like, what's the religious version of supernatural? Mm. Is, it, is it supernatural apply? I guess, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like a... Sp- a specter or like there's i think there's a name for having like a religious vision i mean you would just completely you will you would be running around with an axe that says otis yeah no offense and, and to I, all my people out there have had visions i don't want to you know <laughs> like i'm calling you like axe murderers or anything I'm, I'm not anti-vision okay I, you're, I, you're a hop skip and a jump at best right uh-huh. picking up the axe wouldn't you agree um i like to tell me more about the time you cut your toe off by the way 
Oh, sorry. Oh, um, I was... Uh, now, one might call this a, a forging in the fire of God. For me, I frequently, when I was like 12 and 13, there was a bunch of logs in the yard and an axe. It, it does kind of feel like the set of this movie. Um, and I would just go in the back... And I was never wearing shoes and frequently never wearing a shirt. So I was out there looking like a little laborer and I just like would just hack at this piece of wood because I thought that was like cool. And I was just chipping away. It was like an adult size axe. This wasn't like a little hatchet. Ain't no Jack London shit. Um, And I hit the side of this piece of wood and it just like kind of kept swinging and Ooh. it like hit my foot and I was just like, oh, that hurt. And I like keep hitting and I'm like, oh, I like just went through my toe. I, I <sighs> but it just felt like kind of getting like hit. And, and I was like, oh, that was like what a clean cut is. And it was like this uh-huh. dull fucking ax and my pinky toe was hanging off. And uh, I went inside and told my mom, um, yeah, I like scratched my toe in the shed. So weird. I don't know what happened. Uh, and she's like, oh, you, what the fuck? You're going to the fucking hospital. And was like, you didn't scratch your foot on something. You like, you were using the axe, weren't you? I was like, yeah. She's like, why would you lie about I'm that? Guilty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was really upset and I felt so bad. And then, uh, yeah. Did uh, chop my toe off. And then a couple weeks. Did they put it back on? Or? No, they didn't. They, uh, it's, um,. They like sewed it up, and then I remember being uh, drunk with my friend David, and we were just running at night in like dewy grass for some reason, as little rascals are wont to do. And I remember getting home, and I'm like, "Fuck!" It was actually one of the first times I ever ate a cheeseburger. Was that night? I was drunk, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna eat a cheeseburger because I don't give a shit." Because I never liked cheese, and then I ate one. I was like, "Hell yeah!" And then I looked at my toe, and I was like, "Oh shit, it reopened." <laughs> I could see my bone and shit. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. That's just uh, some spooky horror shit for you. Some other spooky horror shit for you, which is um, another reason why I really clicked with this movie almost instantly, is because it starts off with a brother calling his brother and just saying some fucking insane demonic nonsense and i've definitely had that experience of being woke up in the night and be like oh sh-. there's like a hundred people surrounding our house and uh there's the devil is after us and we have to uh figure out a way to, to defeat uh the demonic forces on this planet i'm like i'm sure there's another way of looking at this <laughs> um and oh, the themes of god and and uh and and hallucinations and uh disbelief are very much intertwined with my life so i for like a a movie that has all the like act one act two act three i feel like these are the most effective themes for me um Mm -hmm. without like changing structure or like making me think in a different way this is as like challenging and also comfortable as it gets for like a regular horror movie for me i a home run and it, it, it they're preaching preaching to the dang choir and i was a choir boy uh-huh. were you actually what was your uh, what was your range um i was uh <laughs> they called me short stack i don't oh, know if that is, <laughs> is it out here? does this answer your question oh, <gasps> make me a channel of your peace we ought to start doing some hymns 
just to uh oh yeah just so we don't upset the lord you know do you do you have any that stick out that you remember like that that would um that they would use a lot yeah, make me a channel of your peace. The one I, the one I really liked was sing to the mountain, sing to the sea. Uh, um, um, I don't know that we ever we we see we went to an actual godly church. No, right? No, yeah, church. ours was a little uh, a little um, a little proud. But we also there was a lot I'm of freewheeling. There's a lot of dour songs. There was only one like rejoicing song, and that was when it was finally over, and that was sing to the mountain, sing to the sea. I remember my fucking dad would make us stay through the last song as if he was like some sort of pious figure. And I was like, we'd all be like pushing him out of the pew. He's like, nope. Uh, uh, uh. Was he a big singer? I mean, were you no. a singing family? No, 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 no. We didn't do any of that. But uh, uh, I, I would read a lot. I was big into it. Really? Uh, well, you're a born performer. That's why. I am, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Um, yeah. And that, it's one of those things, like, you know how, like, I aerodrome when I run? I would also sing in church. That was, like, the two moments where I could really just, like, really be my uh, yeah. be myself. N- you know? Now, would you sing the songs that you were supposed to sing, or would you just kind of just freestyle? No, I would, like, scat. I would free okay. will. Um, You'd, like, add in, like, a downbeat. Make uh, me a of your... I'm glad you like this. I, I mean, I, I sort of picked it on a whim because it was really the only, it was the first movie, a horror movie directed by an actor that came to mind. Um, it's always on those lists of like underrated horror movies. Most of those lists suck, by the way. You ever look at those lists? Oh my gosh. All the they're, lists they're, on They're that. always like, Night of the Living Dead, underrated horror movie. Yeah, yeah. you betcha. You got it. Movies got with it, a crazy friend. twist and it's like Butterfly. Whoa! Yeah. Speaking of, we should watch Butterfly. Oh, absolutely. I haven't seen that movie since I was like nine, but. Still, it's very disturbing. Oh, also, did you see the special thanks of this movie? No, I didn't. Um, who, who do they think? Uh, James Cameron, which is, uh-huh. I guess, makes sense. And uh, Sam Raimi was thanked, and I think he had like a some involvement. Um, I I gotta say, it was probably his idea to have that cellar in the uh, in the uh, in the shed, building that like storm cellar. Sam Raimi. Director of Evil Dead, famous cellar-based movie, um, uh-huh. was like, "Now listen, if you're gonna make a horror movie, you gotta have a spooky fucking cellar that you." Uh, yeah, you gotta have a spooky fucking cellar. You, you have it. You had a spooky basement in your house. Oh yeah, right? my uh, yeah, still there. That house is uh, is sold. Did I tell you that? No, no. Yeah. Some of your friends were selling it, but wow, that's crazy. Have you met the? Uh, what, what, what do you know about the people who bought it? Um, they're like well-to-do uh younger couple um from new york and or going like they work in new york and like they were like kind of asking my mom questions like oh yeah does like like what do you do because this this house is just like a frankenstein for people that don't know it's like this was a, a house that was built by some contractor who had no sense of design. And then there was like additions done to it that all just kind of like only fit like our family. If you were to visit this house now, it's just like, what, what is this weird ass? Like, it's like the <laughs> fucking, uh, what is that? That guy who built that house and there's all those like false doorways and like stairways to nowhere. Oh, uh, Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bosley Crowther would take one look at the house and go, 
Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's kind of like that. And this uh, couple was like asking my mom, like, so yeah, like, what do you do for maintenance? Like, what are the, what are the costs associated with like electricity? And my mom was like, <laughs> like uh, where do I begin? It honestly feels like selling the Amityville horror house to another like sprightly young couple. And they're like, ah, look at this beautiful pasture it's like they have no idea the fucking demons that i've buried the uh, farts i've buried into the hardwoods of that house the, all the black magic all the black magic all the like dark spirits all the all the ghosts that i thought lived there that i probably summoned by my pure fear uh, all the potions you whipped up yeah all the all the all the whippets you potions. <laughs> all the ketamine i did all the ketamine i did at the bottom of the pool um uh-huh. man if they could uh, i've probably uh fertilized that entire backyard with my own shit <laughs> twice <laughs> over right yeah you sh- your mom should have just said well let's just say if these walls could talk yeah um i'm really surprised i because i had no idea what this movie was about but once I saw, like, oh, directed by Bill Paxton, starring Matthew McConaughey, and it's a weird fucking spooky cover, hell yes. This looks perfect. And I, I honestly, I'm just so pleased with it. Yeah, did not disappoint. Um, I, I had no idea Matthew McConaughey was in it, honestly. I just knew about the Paxton angle. I didn't know about the jumping from timeline to timeline. Much like that show, what is it, The Detective's Wish or yeah, something? Yeah, Detective's Burden. Uh, Animaniacs, Wacko's Wish. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Paxton seems kind of like a humble, humble guy. Like he's kind of like, you know, we've dealt with a lot of hubris on this podcast, and it's nice to get to a guy who just wants to get the project done. He's got a lot of passion. He's not too overzealous like uh, Mel Gibson, and he just, uh, you know, wants to do something fun and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in all those James Cameron movies, he always plays just kind of a. A likable workaday Joe, sort of a guy, a guy who's just you know, just in awe. Cat. Not not, just wants the mission to go over without a hitch, you know. Yeah, yeah. He kind of uh, is like when we say to when we talk about uh, having an open mind. I always think of him just looking out a little spacecraft window and going like, "I can't believe it. It's beautiful." And that's how you beautiful. should <laughs> treat every day when you wake up. Wow, look out your little window. You go, wow, look at this planet. I completely forgot that he was sort of a running gag for season one of uh, Real Rap. I almost forgot the name of my own show. Pulled a Joe Biden there and my teeth fell out. Uh, him <laughs> looking out the window of a submarine going, oh, beautiful. <laughs> he does a lot of that in this movie. When he has these visions, he's basically going, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> he did have a lot of awe in this. You know what? Were this a Mel Gibson movie, it'd be a lot more violent. We'd see him hacking them up with the axes. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I like that we didn't. I like that it was a little chased in that direction. I thought the yes, woman yes. being tied up was a little bit, but, you know, he doesn't make it only women and uh, does strike a bit of fear in our hearts. There was really not much blood at all, besides when uh, Bill Paxton himself gets killed with an axe. I guess we should mention Bill Paxton gets killed with an axe yeah. by Rest the kid peace. who we thought was Matthew McConaughey, but is really Matthew McConaughey's older brother. Whoa, who oh, else no. Kills? Bennett. Any uh, any final words? I, I I think this movie gets a fucking stamp of approval from from real rap on my end. Yeah, I liked it. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you're looking for a horror movie you probably haven't seen. Very good. Uh, it's got twists. It's got turns. It's got very good performances from Matthew McConaughey, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth. It's got crazy religious fervor, much like Night of the Hunter. 
Uh, and it, you know, captures horrors from a child's point of view. Spooky. Next up on Real Rap Shane is, I believe, uh, Ganjin S. A movie oh, I've yeah. Seen but a once. And I found kind of really inscrutable. Uh, I know you're a fan. Oh, my God. This movie takes the fervor to another level, goes beyond all religion, and is just like the spirit of man vocalized. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what it's about, and I couldn't even recall anything that happens, but I do know the like specific energy that it is imbued with, and it is a vibe. Let me tell you that, like none other. I would say it's up there with some of my favorite movies that aren't even horror-based. It is just a fucking pure energy uh bill gunn is a genius and i cannot wait to watch that again hope everybody will check it out before next week's episode of the uh october horror series on split tooth <laughs> ain't it scary doesn't it just freak you out hey let me tell you something scary what if somebody chopped your butt cheeks off now that is spooky Bennett, what if a bat flew into your wig and ripped it off? Whoa. <laughs> now that's something you don't want to wake up to. That's something Bill Paxton wouldn't say, uh, that's beautiful. He would say, that's freaking scary stuff. <laughs> Looking out the... uh bye, bye. The, um, in, uh, Bill Paxton goes to the moon and everyone else is like, yeah, pale blue dot, so beautiful. He's like, I can't believe how scary bats are. <laughs> Oh, man. Workshop in that one with the writing room. <laughs> <laughs>